BDR's Prime Resources Podcast is dedicated to providing you with the knowledge you need to help your business achieve prime results, with prime being the most flourishing stage or state. Let's do this. Welcome to the Prime Resources Podcast. I'm Matt MacArthur, BDR's Director of Training. Today, our topic is developing leadership skills. Joining us for our conversation is Jeff Plant. Jeff is a BDR head coach and trainer specializing in business structure, sales, and leadership. He's the perfect person to have on our discussion today. Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me. Super excited about being here. Awesome. Well, um, before we get started, can you just tell us a little bit, you know, in brief detail, what you do for BDR and your background in business? Absolutely. So uh, the main thing I do for BDR, Matt, as you know, is a head coach. I've got uh, several clients across the country that I help their, with their businesses implementing things just like um, BDR does. I also uh, do training. Uh, I do quite a bit of training at our profit launch sessions. Um, this year going virtual, obviously, but uh, do some training there. Uh, I do training for the leadership section of our company, uh, the Top Gun Sales Excellence class, and uh, also do some some uh, distributor training. So kind of a mix between the both, but uh, enjoy enjoy each and every aspect of it. Right on, Jeff. And for our, for our listeners that may not be familiar with Profit Launch, that's BDR's business planning workshop that we do uh, several times each year. And uh, you hit on it that this year it's going to be virtual for the first time. Uh, so that's going to be an exciting prospect. Um, but I want to hone in on your your leadership background, Jeff, and I, it's interesting to me a number of the things you just said about what you do for BDR, I think, involve leadership, especially the coaching piece of it, where you're working with contractors from all different parts of the country, and really effectively, you're trying to lead them somewhere. Is that is that right, or am I off base here? No, that's right on point, Matt. And, uh, you know, the thing about leadership is being able to adapt uh, to different leadership styles or different uh, communication styles. Um, You know, having clients from different parts of the country, just within the United States alone, uh, you know, you deal with different uh, dialects. You you deal with different um, different ways of life, if you will. So you really have to adapt uh, in leadership. And um, and that's what you know, that's a big part of leadership is being able to adapt um, to that. So, you know, my my background has afforded me the ability to be able to do that. You know, I've worked for I started off in this trade. I worked for a company that did a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. I was I was painting duck work for that company and uh, just kind of worked myself up through the ranks and was blessed enough to have people around me that invested some time in uh, into me. And I listened. Um, but that put me in several leadership positions, uh, throughout my career. Um, you know, anything from, uh, a, a department manager to a, uh, vice president to a chief operating officer and different revenue levels. You know, I've worked for companies that did $200,000 a year or for companies that did $1.6 billion a year. So I've seen, a, I've seen a lot of different levels, a lot of different aspects of leadership. And it's just, uh, it's, it's afforded me an opportunity to understand both sides of the business from the field and from management side, how each one of those sides, decisions and actions affect the other. Um, and, it, and, it, and again, at different levels, 
but uh, different aspects of people's personalities and being able to being able to bring teams together uh, for for the success of a company. I like that, and I think to me when I think about leadership, that's one of the aspects that that comes right to mind is almost being able to put yourself in someone else's shoes and, and see their perspective. Um, to me, that's one of the traits that great leaders have. Uh, and what I wanted to ask you, you know, given this progression that you went just in your career, you know, from painting ductwork to working at a, a billion dollar company, in your leadership journey, do you feel like you were a born leader? Or were those leadership skills you something you developed along the road? Yeah, that's a great question too, Matt. And, and it's uh, it's funny because uh, one of my mentors, John Maxwell, uh, he says that people ask ask him that very same question. You know, are leaders born? And he and he stops and pauses and he goes, Well, of course, I've never met an unborn leader. <laughs> So, so are there certain traits that people have naturally? Sure, I, I believe that. But leadership, uh, regardless, is a journey, and it's it's uh, it's it's things that you learn along the way, and that you apply a piece at a time to your life and to your company uh, that you grow into. And and leadership is nothing that you learn in a day, a week, or a month. It is a continuous journey that you're on to grow into leadership. So, um, are they born? Uh, not necessarily. But people can uh, people can definitely be birthed into leadership as they grow. Interesting, birthed into leadership, because uh, I, I think that's to me something that uh, people get tripped up on when they think about leadership. Is like, well, I, I just I'm not a natural leader, you know. Uh, I'm not a like a you know you think of a football coach or a, a basketball coach, somebody that's. Uh, just natural getting the team excited and moving them towards a common goal. And I think a lot of people uh, don't see that, but I love what I'm hearing from you is that you can develop those skills. You can build those skills over time. Yes, absolutely. I mean, every leader has a string of successes and a string of failures. Um, and that's, mm. you know, that's what it to be a great leader is you learn, you know, the, the old adage, you learn from your mistakes and you don't repeat them over and over again. Um, but you, you grow step step by step. And that's those, um, you know, BDR calls it little successes or little wins. And one of the key things to growing in leadership is you start to gain little wins. You start to gain um, little successes and that builds your confidence as a leader um, to where you can make those next best decision or that next big decision. Um, and then, of course, when you make a mistake, you just you learn from it and you move on. So, yes. Um, Growing in leadership, you'll have bump, bumps and bruises, but that's part of the growth uh, of the growth in this. Beautiful. I like that uh, the concept of of grabbing the little wins and then using that to uh, continue to build your not only your confidence but your experience bank. You know, as as you move forward in, in leadership, I, I want to circle back because uh, you mentioned something uh, a little earlier on about. People, great leaders do have certain traits, you know, whether some of them they might have been born with, some of them they might have developed over time. What, in your mind, what are what are some traits of great leaders? I believe one of the biggest traits that a leader has to have um, to be successful is a servant attitude. 
Um, actually, we, we talk in leadership and some other things that I've discussed is uh, being promoted to servant. So um, a, a top level leader has to be the servant of the people. Um, you know, there's trustworthy, trustworthiness, excuse me, um, that has to be there. You have to earn trust with people. Uh, your character is, is important. Um, and that goes along with trustworthiness. And that means, you know, are you the same person um, when nobody's looking as you are when everyone's, um, you know, if that's not the case, it's very hard to, um, to develop in the skills of leadership. So it, it's the, it's, and what it is, is just the foundation of a moral, uh, a moral life. So if you have those, uh, if you have those things that are innate and, and people can learn those too, but some people are just born with that. They have a solid foundation that you can build from, um, you know, some people are also just gifted and natural communicators, which is definitely part of leadership. Um, that can be learned as well through through classes or, or organizations that you can be part of. Um, but some people have a gift, uh, a gift of communication. So there are certain things that are um, I believe people are, are, are naturally born with. Um, and the one thing that really sticks out outside of servant leadership is passion. There's there's people that are just born with a with a burning passion uh, to move things forward. And uh, I, I think that's pretty rare um, in leaders um, to have that. Interesting. Well, we'll come back to the, the passion piece. Uh, first, I, I want to circle back to the servant attitude, because mm -hmm. uh, to me, that's interesting approach. I think it's not uncommon for someone to think, hey, I just got promoted or, or I'm the owner, um, I'm the boss. And um, what I'm hearing is maybe your position doesn't necessarily make you a leader or make you a, a very good leader. Um, and and that can you speak to the differences or, or how that comes together of like, yeah, you might have the position that doesn't necessarily mean you're a leader. That's that's correct. So um, actually, in the class, we we talk about some of this, and um, you know that that entry level of leadership, which we call level one, is positional leadership, and that's what you were just explaining. Is everybody starts there? Everybody starts with a position. Everybody starts with a title. The unfortunate part is a lot of people stay there, and that is the mentality. That's the leader mentality of do what I say because of the position I hold. And it's very, uh, it's very, very manipulating. And uh, there's no leadership there. It's more of a, if you can visualize somebody sitting in a chair pointing uh, and telling people what to do, um, there, there's not, there's no relationship there. So as you go up the ladders of leadership, I'll just, I'll just advance because, you know, we talk about the five levels. I'll just advance to level five real quick. As you go up the levels of leadership, level five is actually becoming a coach and a mentor to the people. Um, you know, one of the things that um, one of the things that happens is as you progress up, becoming a coach or a mentor is a phrase that we use. If you help people, if you help people get what they want in life, they will help you get what you want in life. And that really ties to the fact of as a leader, we should be building other leaders. Um, and a lot of people want to maintain followers and that's okay for mid-level successful companies. 
but we really should be building other leaders that can go beyond where we are, if that makes sense. Uh, it does, and and it yeah, ties right to that servant attitude because that that's kind of the approach you would have is, okay, how do how do I spread this out deeper into my organization or uh, into my family or my sports team or, or whatever it is to build additional leaders? Yeah, I, I love that. Uh, so let's uh, let's circle back then to the passion piece because you you really underlined that as being important to uh, to leadership and and how does that get reflected in leadership is that just um, you know here's I imagine the football coach again like they you know they're passionate because they are yelling at their players and screaming at them when they uh, make a mistake you know. Is that what you're talking about, or is it something different? It's something different. Um, so, you know, yelling and screaming at people, that really ties into level one leadership. When I, when I talk about passion, really it's, it's, a, it's about making people successful um, as a leader. It's about bringing your team together um, as a leader and the whole team moving forward in success. It's about seeing people around you um, like I said before, it's about seeing people around you do better than what you're doing. Uh, one of my one of my mentors told me, uh, I remember it very vividly. We were riding down the road in a car and he was driving and uh, he said something. It's just stuck with me my whole life. And he said, Jeff, he said, if you want to be successful as a leader, you need to surround yourself with people smarter than you and make sure they're more successful than you. And it just it didn't sound uh, it didn't sound right, with <laughs> but it started making sense. And uh, he said, your your job as a leader is to make the people around you successful. And that's how you become successful. So, um, you know, the passion is really, for me anyway, uh, my passion is to make people successful. Because if I can make the team and the people on the team successful, then the byproduct of that is success in my company. So that's where I think that's where leaders sometimes, um, you know, they maybe they're they're maybe they're a little uh, apprehensive about people um, being smarter than them or or however you want to label that, mm-hmm. that kind of hold them back or hold them down. And, um, you know, that's that's not building a culture of success. So when I say passion, it's not necessarily the passion for drive, which I, which you do have to have that. And that's what I mentioned earlier. Uh, but it's the passion to drive people to be successful. Okay. Um, so let me ask you this. So as you're you know, working to make other people successful, as, you, as you're, you're climbing the levels of leadership, um, where, where do you draw, how do you draw the balance between leadership and, and management? You know, because we need to manage to certain, like in a business, you know, we need to manage to certain results. In a sports team, we're judged by the wins and the losses. And so what is the lead balance between leadership and management? Yeah. So, um, you know, if you if you are just full on leadership with no management, then you are going wide open with no accountability. If you are full on management with no leadership, then you get stuck in a rut with no vision. So you, you definitely have to have that balance. And there's two words that always, uh, that always equate to that leadership management balance, and it's trust and verify. So on the leadership side, you know, I'm going to lead people and trust they're doing their job. 
but the management kicks in that I'm going to verify things are getting done. So we have to have accountability measures in place as well. So there has to be a balance. You know, we have to have vision. We have to have a leader. We have to, we have to, we have to have people are pushing people towards success, but they also have to know the, the circle or the playground that they can play in, which is the accountability part to make sure things are, are going in the direction that they're going. Without that, you know, things, uh, things can go either way in your company. So. Okay, so let's, let's let's dive into that a little bit and talk about what happens when there's a lack of leadership, when there's a leadership vacuum, say. Um, in those situations, you know, in, in from my my experience is that um, there someone there will be a leadership of some kind happening. It just may not be the one that you want <laughs> if you're say the owner or or the person that maybe has the positional leadership. That, that's correct. Uh, and, and that ties along with uh, one of the other things we talk about in the lead the way class is culture. You know, if you don't build the culture through leadership, if you don't build the culture, then somebody's going to build it. And like you just said, it's going to probably be the one you don't want. Um, so when there is a leadership vacuum or there is no leadership, uh, I've seen it many times, like you just said, you, you've probably seen it many times. That company will typically have a lot of turnover, and the people that are left are usually low performer. So when you, um, when you see a positional company, um, what will happen is uh, part, of, part of a leader's responsibility is to take input from the team and take those, take those ideas from, from the team, put them together for the best solution for the company, and move it forward. That's, that's what you call buy-in from the team. They feel part of a team. If the leader uh, just shuts down or there's no leadership there at all, uh, those same team members with those great ideas will sooner or later, um, they'll one of two things. They'll either stop giving the ideas, which that, that is directly proportional to their productivity in the job that they're holding, because um, they will start shutting down, or they will leave, one of the two. Uh, so you, you see some of these companies that um, they, they lack leadership or have no leadership at all or very positional. Uh, which relates to the law of the lid, and we can, you know, we can we touch on that in the class. But um, you'll just see low-performing companies. So when there's no leadership, there's usually no vision, and that means there's no growth for anybody. And that leads that leads to a uh, that leads to a dead end road most of the time. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's something I I want to dig a little deeper on because I was hoping we would get to that in this conversation today, but. I want to do a little side note just because we it's come up a couple times. You do teach a two-day leadership class that's taught in person and virtually. Um, can you just give us a little snippet of, of that class and what you do there? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, this class, uh, you know, we've, we've, we've updated it, put some new material on it. And what we really want is we want somebody to leave. We want somebody to leave the leadership class. With, a, with tangible ideas, with a tangible plan to go back and start their journey on how to grow in leadership. The, the challenge with that, and the challenge with a lot of classes is they never show them where they are in their journey. They never show them where the, what level they are. They never explain um, their, their leadership capacity or their leadership lid. They never really explain how to build a culture. So all these things being part of leadership we want them to understand what level are they at? What steps do they need to take to get to the next level? 
uh, we need, we want, we're going to explain to them uh, what's their lid or what's their capacity and what's their effectiveness in that capacity uh, through leadership, you know, how to build a culture. Uh, they're going to be able to leave this class. And that's just, that's just a few things that we, that we go through um, in this class. But those are, those are definitely some, some high points that they can take back. They have a plan. They literally leave the class with a plan. I'm going to go back and I'll put these things in place to grow in my leadership. So um, we want them, we want them, and, and you know what? The, sometimes it hurts because this class really makes you look at yourself. Mm -hmm. It makes you be honest with yourself about where you are in your leadership journey. Um, but it, it helps when you, when you know where you are and you know how to get to where you want to go. That's the big thing. Beautiful. And, and to me, what, what, you know, working with you on, on this, some of the content for this course, the word that jumped out at me in that, what you just said was tangible. Because I think a lot of times leadership is kind of looked at as this mystical thing, you know, and, and we talked about a little bit in the beginning of our conversation about, oh, that person's a born leader, you know, they just have all that. But they're going to come to the class and they're going to get a plan wherever they are. They're going to find out where they are in leadership where they can go and and then build a plan to get there. That's right. That's right. You know, it's, it's a roadmap. It's no, it's uh it's like business planning for leadership. It's a roadmap <laughs> and you, and you take, you take this, uh, you take these steps and uh, you, you just apply them, you know, and, and again, it's, it's nothing that you're going to grab one book or two books or come to, you know, you're not going to come to this class one time, quite honestly, and go back and become a, a successful leader. Uh, this class is a continuous learning journey uh, that you come back and you get key points out of it. And, you know, it's like anything else. You take it back, you apply it. It works. You don't, you know, um, it's not going to. So. Yeah. And, and another thing you said that, that I've seen personally, you know, we we've done this class uh, up to now. We've done it in person. We're going to have a, a virtual one coming up here um, in the future. But it is emotional and it is inward looking and you really have to look at, look at yourself. Um, but I, I, I want to go back now, you know, we've, we've now we've, everyone knows the, the class and what, what they can uh, get out of that if they ha attend. I wanted to make sure we talked about how leadership tied to business results, because I think that's another thing that um, in my experience is, Someone might be seen as a great leader, but do they get results? And and you talked about it already. A company that lacks leadership, and, and correct me if I'm if I'm restating this incorrectly, if they have a lack of leadership, they don't have a vision, they don't have a growth, and really the company's not going anywhere, it's not achieving anything. Um, mm -hmm. so can you talk about how the leadership really gets put into practice tied to business results. Absolutely. So one of the, uh, one of the most challenging things um, for people, we'll, we'll, even, we'll even talk about leaders right now, but for people is vision is being, being able to see past where they are. Um, you know, a lot of times business owners get so bogged down in the day to day that they can't, they can't see, you know, it's Monday and they can't see past Tuesday. So one of the biggest things of leaders is to have a vision and have a plan. 
So for instance, um, something as simple as having career paths for your employees. Now this, does, this may not sound like a leadership thing, but you know what, if you can lay out a vision for somebody and say, hey, you know what, you're a level two technician and these are the steps to get to a level five technician. So you are literally laying out a vision for that employee to understand where they can go in their company. Well, you do that same thing for departments, then you should be doing that same thing for your company. And uh, you know, we mentioned earlier about business planning. Well, that is, that's leadership. You, you're, you're, you're casting a vision of where your company wants to go. So even past that is looking out you know, five, 10, 15 years. So for success in a company without vision, you know, you really don't know where you're going. You don't have the targets to get there. Um, and you're continually improving or continually moving forward. So, and that's why, that's uh, quite honestly, that's why a lot of people in, in, in their positions or in their employment or career is, uh, get stagnant. And that's why I said there's a difference between having a job and having a career. Having a job, you're just going day to day. If you have a career, you have a plan for where you're going to end up. So, um, you know, a good leader will lay that out. And if they, if they can see the vision down the road, they establish the metrics in each department and then trust people are going to do it, verify it gets done, then there's growth. And that, that's part of leadership. But, you know, people are, people are watching you as an example, as a leader, and uh, people follow good, positive, strong leadership. And that's, that's what really drives a company forward when, when people have to be able to follow something. And, um, you know, if you're a leader and you don't have any followers, you're just out for a walk. <laughs> I like that. A leader with no followers is just walking. Um, no, that's a, that's a, that's a John Maxwell quote, by the way. So okay. we'll give <laughs> and, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You, you've, uh, done some training with John Maxwell. Is that right? That's that, Yep. That's right. Um, done some, um, you know, we, we use some content from John Maxwell in the BDR training. I've uh, done some outside of BDR. Um, I've, you know, I do some other leadership training um, that's exterior to BDR. It's just, again, it's just one of my passions. Um, I, I love teaching people leadership. But, yeah, so um, John is a, is a major resource and a major um, influence on my life anyway. Right on. Um and and this maybe goes to to John Maxwell a little bit. You mentioned a couple times the a leadership lid. What what does that refer to? Well, that that refers to your leadership capacity. So uh, there's a there's a scale one to ten, and you know this is an, another important measuring tool of what leaders' responsibilities are. You know, I mentioned earlier that uh, one of the major uh, responsibilities of leaders is to build other leaders and then put them in a position to do better than they did. So when you talk about the leadership lid, if somebody is, if somebody's leadership lid or leadership capacity, <clears throat> excuse me, is at a six on a scale of one to 10, um, our job, well, our job is to grow. So we want to grow up to the seven and the eight and the nine. And when they say capacity, that's just your ability to lead and, and, the, and the growth that you were on on your journey according to the levels and different things. But if we never train somebody to do, if we don't train our organization to operate at a seven or we're, or we're building ourselves up to a seven and we just stay at a six and never bring anybody along and, and prove them, then 
the, the, the level six leader gets replaced by a level five leader. And if that person does the same thing, then that level five leader gets replaced by a level four leader and then so on and so on and so on to where you end up either with that bottleneck or you end up with a pretty tough situation in the company. Um, that's why it's important to understand where your capacity, where your capacity or your effectiveness. Now, effectiveness could be many things. It could be how you communicate to people. It could be um, how you establish your vision for your company. Um, it could be what your daily regimen is, which is which is extremely important. You know, um, one of our good friends, Paul Grizzle, you know, he says, he goes, if you don't lead yourself well, you can't lead other people well. Um, and if you do it for any length of time, it, it will show. So capacity has a lot to do with uh, a lot of different factors. But um, our job is to grow, grow up, grow our capacity on our own and then grow people up um, in that capacity level as well. Right, right. And so uh, for our listeners, Paul Grizzle, uh, another BDR coach and, and leadership specialist. Um, a little story from from my background, Jeff. You know, uh, one of BDR's founders, uh, Barry Burnett, uh, was one of our leaders, and I got the, the privilege of uh, working closely with him for a long period of time. And um, one of the things I always was thankful for is he let me be in the room. A lot of times I was not qualified to be taking part, active part in the discussions that were taking place with between Barry and, you know, you know, leaders from other companies. But I he let me be in that room and and observe what was happening from it because he knew he was trying to build me up, you know, so mm-hmm. that that one day I was going to be in a better spot. I could become, a, a you know, another leader in the BDR company. And uh, I, I love what you said there about training the team helping them move forward and really it just then it just sets up the company just to expand onto new levels if if you've got people that can have a uh, deeper experience and that are more trained they become more committed to the company they you retain them better Um, this is where i see one of the huge impacts of leadership is is on on retention and and culture and, uh, you know, that was just something I was of the many things I learned from Barry. That was one of the ones I was most thankful for is he, he let me be in the room. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and it's, it's, it's all about having a heart for people. Um, you know, once you get up to those level, those higher levels of leadership, um, if you don't have a heart to really want to help people, and that's why that level, that level five or the pinnacle level, as they call it, um, you know, the coach, the mentor, uh, you know, if, if you don't have a heart to really, really help people and see them succeed, it's difficult to be at that level. Um, you know, and if you if you set things in place, if you set the vision and you set the accountability, I, I told somebody one time, if you set those things in place, you'll never have to fire another person. Because most of the time people will realize they don't fit into it or they'll see that they're not holding up their end of the bargain. They'll let themselves out the door um, without without too much effect on your company. So. Okay, so now challenging question for you. Um, Can you tell us about a a leadership challenge that you personally had to go through that you, you know, learned something from or or helped you in your development? Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, So 
early on, it, you know, early on in my in my career or my management journey. Um, well, specifically, I remember when I got my first service manager position, and I quickly realized that uh, what that meant, <laughs> what that meant is I was the guy the owner and the clients yelled at. That that's what that, <laughs> that that's who I was. Um, but I really realized that um, I. Honestly, uh, Matt, that was my early 20s, and I really didn't know what I was doing. Uh, um, I, I did. I kind of got launched into into that position. So um, I really beat my head against the wall. I I wasn't a good communicator. I didn't know how to communicate. So um, I mean, I could talk obviously, but I didn't I didn't really understand how to coach people to success. So um, the only thing I knew was how to point out people what they did wrong that day. So if, if you were to have a videotape of my service meetings when I started off, um, I am quite confident they were pretty negative. You know, I, I, I always went in and said, you know, this is what you didn't do on your paperwork. This is what you didn't do. And I never really focused on positives. So so it wasn't a challenge to change that. It was a challenge for me to recognize that. Um, and then finally I got, you know, I got hooked up with somebody and I started, I started adapting there. I was, I was, okay, this is starting to make sense. So changing that mental attitude for positive results, um, really meant this is to become an encourager. Uh, I started an encourager to the team, you know, focusing on the things that they did right, focusing on the things they did good, still knowing the things that they weren't doing right. But when I transitioned that and I changed my way of communicating and I changed my focus, those things that they weren't doing right all of a sudden become less and less uh, because they were they were they were getting encouragement at that time. So that was uh, that was that was one of my early faults. And then I would say probably um, um, effective decision making, um, not all the time, but there was some times that I that I drug decisions out too long. And, uh, you know, pr hey, probably do some of that stuff still today. But um, you know, I can think back a couple of times that where I, I drugged a decision out too long. In one case, it was an employee that I should have I should have let go. And uh, when I finally did, I, I, I found out that I was very close to losing two of my best people uh, because I, I didn't make the decision fast enough. So, you know, you, you find those things out, you learn from them. Um, you try not to make those mistakes again. but um, I, you know, I would say communication and decision, uh, effective decision making were two of the big challenges when I was when I was first getting into this. Great. Thank you for for sharing that with us. And um, so let's let's talk a little bit more about decision making. Um, and I, I think that you hit on one of the points in decision making is that just making the decision and not uh, making it take longer than than it needs to. Are there other kind of uh, points of success when, when you have a big decision that, that someone could apply? Sure. Um, you know, obviously, I think the biggest challenge for people making decisions is they don't want to make the wrong decision or they, won't, they don't want to make a decision that would make them look dumb, uh, which, is a, which is also a stumbling block for leaders is uh, they think that all of their decisions have to be the right one. They have to be the perfect one. So um, in that, you know, I'll tell you the, the best thing that I have found is um, to get a to get a, a high, maybe a higher level or at least a management team within your company or some people within your company that you trust 
in in a majority of the decisions and have a meeting and say, hey guys, listen, this you know whether it's a job that you're going after or or a certain client that you're going after, you know, get them together and say, hey, what's the pros and cons of this? You know, how will this help the company? How can this hurt the company? And uh, get some input from some people that you trust uh, internally or externally or both, um, you know, on, on a majority of the decisions. It's not the fact that you're trying to pass blame off of it doesn't work out. It's just you're getting good counsel. Your job ultimately is to make the decision. And um, you know what, if, 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 if you can get some input from some other, some other people that can, uh, that can help you decipher through some things, that's great. So I always looked at it is what's the, what's the benefit and what's the risk? So you know, what's the benefits of how it's gonna help the company and what are the risks that can possibly happen that can hurt the company? And um, you know, I've, I've always used that and it's always worked, it's always worked out pretty good. Yeah, you don't want to have to make a decision in isolation if you don't have to. Tap the expertise of the team. And to me, it makes me think of like the the president's cabinet. You know, mm -hmm. the president's got a big decision. He's going to he might bring in the secretary of state, the secretary of treasury, you know, and we, we've seen them on TV where they sit around that big table and they talk about things and then but ultimately the president has got to make the decision and decide but they're listening to as many people as they can yeah and and it actually you know you leave the room and everybody's part of the decision you know whether they agree with it or not they're still part of the decision um you know and that's a part of the leader is you know if you have a team member that's that doesn't agree you still have to have them on board when they leave um but when they're in there and you come with a decision, at least they know the expectation and the direction. Um, and you know, again, like you said, you make the ultimate decision, but you have a you have a team effort at that at that point. And the success of that decision is is increased greatly of it of it pushing through. So. And so let me ask you this: If uh, you know, say you're in one of those discussions, you bring in some trusted team members, and and you know, one of them or more than one of them gives you some pushback, you know, and they're like, hey, I don't think that's a, a good idea, you know, and, and they might be pretty strong on those points. Um, mm -hmm. How do you how do you handle those those situations? Then, then you, you know, without uh, without too much confrontation, you ask them for input. And, um, you know, sometimes you don't want to put them on the spot you know, for that. So I'll tell you a, a, a thing that that I learned and that I did is if I had an if I had an issue or I had a vision, let's just say there was a there was an opportunity. More times than not, especially if there was a chance to do it, um, sometimes I just had to call them together to to talk about something. But more often than not, there was an opportunity to send an email, say, "Hey guys, listen, uh, got this opportunity. We want to meet, you know, this Thursday at whatever time." Um, I would like for each of you to bring back two or three ideas on how to accomplish this. Now, there's several there are several reasons I wanted to do that. One was if that same person that you just mentioned, if they brought two or three ideas and I said, you know what, I like I like that one. Those two are good. I'm going to shelve those, but we're going to use elements of that one. It, it doesn't isolate some. So you can you can actually alleviate a lot of what you just said by doing this method. Um, because if they come back with one idea or they're standoffish because they haven't had a chance to think about it, it can isolate them 
And if you're not careful, that can get them to shut down on future meetings because if, you, if they have one idea and you say, and you don't take it, they're gonna be very apprehensive about bringing other ideas to the table. So, but if they bring two or three, you're more apt to have um, a portion of one of their ideas or, or multiple portions of their ideas that you can use. The other side of that as a leader is if I if the if the if the request is to bring two or three ideas and somebody comes back with one or none, I know how much they're on the team. Mm-hmm. So measuring stick for me and a, and a team building exercise for all of us. Um, so you can overcome some of that stuff, you know, beforehand. But if that does happen, then it's a good opportunity to to say um, you know get some input and then maybe follow up with them. Uh, after the meeting, uh, with uh, with some additional input. Okay, so we don't we don't have to be afraid of of, of getting pushback and, and kind of talking through different perspectives. Uh, and, and I really liked what you said about uh, encouraging people, you know, ahead of time. Yeah, let's bring several ideas mm-hmm. um, because then we can find something and we can figure out what we can do rather than what we can't do. Uh, and that's always been one of my approaches in business is like, okay, well, we can't do that. that that's fine. But what can we do? L- let's figure that out. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Beautiful. Um, well, I feel like we've we've covered a, a ton of ground here on leadership, Jeff. Uh, we've given our, our listeners some practical things they can go back uh, and apply in their their own leadership journeys. Uh, everyone's aware now that you teach a lead the way dynamic leadership skills, uh, so they can watch out for when that's coming up. Um, do you have some kind of final thoughts on leadership? If we're if someone's out there trying to develop their leadership skills, what what can you leave them with and really uh, have them go take action on? Well, I think the big thing is just invest in yourself. You know, um, and, and some people, they don't have the confidence to invest in themselves. But um, you know what? Whether you're a business owner or, or whatever, at some, at some level of your life, you're a leader. You have, you have a sphere of influence that you are over. So whether you do it for yourself or do it for your company, uh, you know, I would invest in, your, invest in yourself and, um, and grow in your sphere of influence. Uh, if you are, a, if you are a, uh, a business owner or you're a department manager, then this is a necessity. Um, you have a response, quite honestly, you have a responsibility not only to yourself, but to the team that you lead to make sure that they're successful. And then in turn, you becoming successful. So I guess my big advice would be to invest in yourself, trust yourself, um, and then, and then put it to work and, and realize that, um, realize you're not going to, you're not perfect. You're not going to make all the right decisions, but, um, you know what? Like we said earlier, no decision is a decision, and it, it takes time. It takes time. Um, you know, some people some people go at different speeds than others. Don't beat yourself up about that. But um, you know, there's there's never there's never a wrong time to start your leadership journey. So. I think, I think that's a great way to end. Uh, Jeff, thank you very much for, for being on the po- podcast today. Uh, we look forward to uh, having you on future episodes uh, as we uh, delve into other leadership topics. I think there's uh, 
plenty for us to to talk about and and have great conversations on. So thank you and uh, thank everyone to the, for listening to the Prime Resources podcast. We will see you and talk to you next time.